Welcome to the Script Bits Podcast for Tuesday, 21st December 2021. Our bit today comes from John chapter 3, verse 16. That says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's Tuesday, friends. Only four more days to the big one. That's Christmas Day, when we celebrate the awesome birth, the miraculous and magnificent incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where God became man, that's the Word became flesh, through the amazing power of the Holy Spirit, so that we could be saved from our abominable sins, as had been promised many centuries before. Now, that's a big sentence, chock full of wonderful and amazing information to which this evil world ought to pay much attention because it all resounds and abounds to our benefit, both now and into eternity. For with the birth of Christ, our Heavenly Father decided it was finally time to pull out all the stops and let His creation know exactly who he was, what he stood for, the glory of his kingdom, and the awesome love he bore for a prideful, selfish, evil, and disobedient people. And he was doing that all through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Through his incredible birth, his martyrdom on the cross of Calvary, and his amazing resurrection, Yes, that's his triumphant victory over death, hell, and the grave. And you know what, my people? A better love story has never been or will ever be written or enacted like that one. Simply because it was written by the master of love, the true embodiment of the word, the fountain wherein the emotion is created and from which it so generously flows. And it's all laid out so beautifully and graciously in these few words of our Savior as he explains the Father's reasoning and basic purpose for his coming to earth. Christ says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, mama, mama, what beautiful sentiments. In fact, there could be none more beautiful, my people. Why? Because God was doing the ultimate in love, saving his stubborn, recalcitrant, disobedient children from a fate even worse than death, that of eternal separation from him the one who created them for fellowship with himself. Now, you know how badly we feel the utter grief and heartache that we go through when we lose one of our children. So why wouldn't our Heavenly Father feel the same way when he loses his children? eh? Remember too that we were made in his image. That means he's a living, breathing, and feeling soul with heartfelt emotions, just like us. So he also feels pain 
anger and grief. And can you imagine the heartache it caused him to send his one son to earth to die for a bunch of ingrates? And can you imagine how he felt when his son came to him three times, pouring out his heart in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking for a reprieve, a reprieve from his imminent sacrificial death on the cross? How his whole being must have trembled when Jesus pleaded, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And that comes from Matthew 26, 39. And not once, but three times, the Lord had to endure that searing pain and say no to his only child. Now, we also know how it hurts us sometimes when we have to say no to our children. So just imagine how the father felt having to condemn his son to death for people who really didn't give a damn. And how do you think the father felt when Jesus cried out to him, outstretched on the cross in his dying throes? Eh? Don't you think the father had to swallow his immense hurt when the words, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, Oh my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Reach his ears, knowing full well that that was the first time they had ever been separated, and he had to turn away from him and lay the whole weight of the world's sins on his son's shoulders to provide an option for his frail, spineless creation to be saved. Yes, friends, our great and wonderful God put himself through a lot of heartache on our behalf. But all we do is repay him with stubborn disobedience, sinful, immoral living, and evil deeds, rather worthy of his and our enemy, the devil Beelzebub. We are very quick to complain, but ever so slow to obey. And that kind of behavior doesn't work well in God's kingdom. Remember what the prophet Samuel told Saul, the first king of Israel, when he lost his kingdom through disobedience? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearten or listen than the fat of rams. Now that comes from 1 Samuel 15, 22b. And those words still hold true today, my people. Our God desires obedience to his laws above and before anything else. That's why Jesus pleaded with us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And we know that comes from Matthew 6, 33. Yes, my people, in this earthly life, God and the things of God need to come before everything else. We need to give up our will, surrender the free choice he gave us, and choose to follow his will. Jesus did it when he acquiesced to the Father's will and became the sacrifice for our sins. But then he said it loud and clear for us. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren, that's brothers and sisters, yea, and his own life also, 
he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And that's taken from Luke 14, 26 to 27. Oh, my fellow saints, to be a true disciple of Jesus, we must be willing to forsake everything and everybody for his sake. Being a true disciple of Christ and a purveyor of love involves sacrifice, oftentimes on a small scale, but also possibly on a large one. The important thing is that we must be prepared to make whatever sacrifice it entails to do Jesus' work and share his awesome love and compassion. Now, most of the world is not prepared to do that. They prefer to embrace the easy, sinful, and depraved lifestyle of the enemy, Satan. But don't worry, they will also reap the rewards of that ungodly life, which is death and eternal separation from God. Meanwhile, for the relatively few of us who choose to follow Jesus, making sacrifices as best we can, living in love and harmony to the best of our ability. Let's go home declaring, yes, we spell it right, friends. Let's go home declaring our Tuesday mantra, letting the whole world know whose we are, to whom we belong, lock, stock, and barrel, as one strong and sincere voice. In God's eyes, I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not what people say about me. I am the beloved of God. That's who I am. No one can take that from me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to hurry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with the world. Amen. Now, having declared all of that, my people, it's now our bounden duty to go out and share that amazing love and friendship of Christ with others so that they too can come to know and love him like we do. Much love. And the postscript for today says, there are consequences to every decision. Let's think carefully about the consequences before we make the decisions. And that's the awesome truth, my people. Before we make any decisions, we must think about the consequences that will come from them because each decision we make will have a consequence, be it good or bad. So let's sit down and do, the, do our duty now. Sit down and think about what we're saying, what we're doing, and all these things before we actually commit to the actions because it's all in our best purpose. We love to do things, but when the consequences come upon us, we can't handle it. So let's think about it before we do it. And we pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Please have a blessed day today, my people. Much love.